This is The Bite, a Union Kitchen Food Founders mini-series. Hear from food entrepreneurs in Washington, D.C. about what led them to their career in food, business, and stories from launching to scaling their business. Hello and welcome to The Bite. I'm joined today with Bryant and Andrea of BJ's Cookies. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us on. No problem at all. Good to have you. So why don't you tell us uh, a bit more about yourself and how did you two get into food? So yeah, I mean, we started because I baked since I was a kid. Ever since I was four years old, I've been in the kitchen with my grandmother making everything from scratch. You know, we used to make cookies, we'd make donuts, a whole bunch of different things. You know, pies, actually just made homemade apple pie for 4th of July. Thinking about that right now since we ate it yesterday. But um, yeah, I mean, Andrea and I met about a year and a half ago, two years ago, at the uh, right before the onset of the pandemic. And as she started tasting some of these sweet treats I used to provide for friends and family throughout high school and college, she said, you know, this is something you could sell and make money off of. And I always thought that was a notion that never made sense because food businesses historically have a higher failure rate, you know, don't make much money unless, you know. You have great infrastructure behind you and a great business plan, which I believe we have. So, you know, it it put me in the right mindset, having a partner like Andrea to move forward. And we found the Union Kitchen Accelerator and a commercial kitchen space to, you know, begin the process of starting an actual business that provided products for retail capacity. And it's been really exciting the last year, scaling up. and Yeah, you know. it, it's been good. Yeah. Um, I have Bryant go first because he's our baker, and I'm not the baker. Um, <laughs> but I'm one of five, and the kitchen has always been the center of my childhood home. And I've always been able to benefit from the other cooks in the kitchen. So I've always been the person who's been able to eat everyone else's food. So it's been great for us to be sort of in the food business right now because we do come from a long line of individuals who know how to cook. Yeah, know how to cook. We're not necessarily business owners and entrepreneurs though, so we're kind of the first in that line to own our own business and take the steps to sell the delicious food that we make for Fend. Yeah. So you two both have, uh, I can tell, very long history of cooking uh, then and you grew up around it a lot. Did either of you grow up thinking you'd do something like this? No, I don't think so. I knew growing up I wanted to own my own business. My background is in public relations. So it's it's so fascinating that this is sort of the trajectory of where we're going. But it makes sense. Like when I tell other people about BJ's cookies, they're sort of like, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for you. I'm really looking forward to the success. I can see you sort of, and you and Bryant sort of pushing this forward. Yeah, and for a time, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. You know, like so many kids as they grow up going through college, I'm going to go to law school. So I, you know, maybe thought about... Same, actually, yes. I <laughs> thought I was going to be a lawyer. I think a lot of people have that notion, you know, whatever, however deluded it might be. I, you know, thought I was going to go to law school and open a law firm. So maybe in terms of owning my own business or running something that structured, that might have been the extent of my knowledge around owning a business or running something like that. But no, I never thought I'd be a business owner and definitely not in the food business. Like I said, that was something I always thought never made any sense from at least a financial perspective. But, you know, I love cooking. So tell us about the products you've launched so far. So we have three products. We have and three flavors. Right now on store shelves, we have our six packs. Um, We have the Florida Sugar Cookie, which is my personal favorite. Um, I'm from South Florida, born and raised. 
Bryant is a military kid, but he calls Tampa, Florida his home. So the Florida sugar cookie, and then we have our blackout cookie, which I like to say chocolate lovers really enjoy that cookie. It's a chocolate cookie with chocolate chunks and chocolate chips. And then we have our old fashioned chocolate chip cookie as well. So those are those three flavors. But for our e-commerce customers, we do a subscription cookie. Every year we have a subscription box, sorry, every, every, month. every month, excuse me. So we have a subscription box that we send out and that gets me excited because they get our three uh, flavors, but they also get like an exclusive flavor just for them. So it sort of gets our wheels turning in terms of what fun, cool flavor can yeah. we do? And then we also have our products on food, on the food service side um, where we give stores our dough and they can make our cookies fresh in their stores. So take me back to the um, kind of when you were deciding to kind of go full steam ahead and really make, uh, decide this is what we want to do. I mean, the steps, I, I guess it was a pandemic, so I don't want to say it was out of necessity, but we had a lot of free time on our hands. And when you're working from home and, you know, in my case, I'd actually gotten furloughed from work and it became a situation where I was in transition between positions. So, you know, I had a lot of opportunity to think about well, what do I want to do long term? Like so many people now, they talk about these mass exoduses from workspaces following 2020. And, you know, as we transition, luckily I had a skill set to fall back on some, you know, ability to find a partner like Union Kitchen to facilitate some infrastructure for us to take the next steps and move forward uh, in a commercial kitchen space. So we, we were really lucky and blessed. You know, I hear from folks saying that the pandemic was a blessing in disguise a lot of times, you know, for folks who are either in the process of transitioning to retirement and saying, you know, this was kind of a practice for retirement. You know, I heard my mom saying that a lot because she recently retired. So it gave us opportunity to think and opportunity to fall back on something that could be a long-term life raft yeah. for us. And I feel like the stars sort of aligned for us, right? Like we officially became a, a business um, for the government in April. Uh, and then we launched our e-commerce site in May. In June, we started the food, the Union Kitchen Food Accelerator Program. And from there, we were, we were just really hitting the ground running. Yeah, it yeah. was. I mean, it's been about a year and a half, and most food businesses, from all the statistics I read, about eighty percent of them fail within the first year. So the fact that we've been able to persevere through stick a pandemic, around. stick around, and make things happen and stay profitable has been yeah. really, really not only inspiring but surprising. <laughs> Speaking of surprising, was there any like thing kind of happening during the launch process that really caught you off guard or anything like that? I think some, so, you know, you start, Brian's baker, you know, he's a cook, but we're cooking in our kitchen, like in our home. And so one thing that we really had to figure out was scaling up our, you know, when you're baking, it's just 12 cookies on a sheet, right? And now we're going from in our homes to a full scale commercial kitchen space where we're making barrels of dough for up to 500 cookies. Yeah. And so we really had to create a formula for our dough, yeah. honestly. A lot of people start talking about like when you're scaling up your dough, your your product is a formula. There's your recipe is your recipe is your recipe. That's what we keep saying. Yeah. Um, because you know, when you're doing something at that big of a capacity, if you use margarine instead of butter, that can mess something up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or so. switching up the type of starches you're using or using bread flour instead of, 
you know, cake flour and all these different things that people might do when you're dealing with a dozen versus, mm -hmm. you know, 500 dozen. 500 dozen, <laughs> yes. So. I hear that, that it's just it's one thing to just bake the cookies and not to discourage anyone who you know has a good cookie and think oh I could pursue this mm -hmm. but uh, it's such a different ball game when you have to make it pretty much at an industrial scale yes yeah, yes definitely and then pass those lessons on and try and train someone to do it and then trust that they're going to be able to do it at that scale and you know like she said it becomes a formula at a certain uh, process at a certain point and you take hands off, literally just automate everything, have machines start taking care of that process. And that's sort of at the point that we're getting to now, which is exciting. Yeah. Know? Was there ever a brand that you kind of took a look at and thought, you know, I kind of want to be like them. Like, I really admire the way they run their business and how they put forth high quality, whatever it is they do. Not so much a brand, but I definitely look at different business owners and different stories that I sort of mm -hmm. mirror myself after because there aren't too many, you know, guys. When you think of cookies and baking and stuff like that, it's usually women, you know, so they're a female dominated industry for the most part from an ownership side of things anyway. But the grandma cartel is ruthless. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Grandma's cookies, you know, I think of uh, Pepperidge Mrs. Farm. Fields, yeah. Yeah, Pepperidge Farm. I mean, every single one of those stories starts with a woman for the most part. So, you know, I think of one company specifically that I looked up and I looked at David's cookies and the owner was a former attorney. I didn't make it as far as he did, but he <laughs> got to a law firm and like so many lawyers transitioned, switched careers and was like, you know, I love to cook. So I think he took, you know, some type of apprenticeship over in Italy and started cooking at some, you know, really, really fancy restaurant out there. And then you know, started taking that passion and obviously knowledge and whatever assets he had and built up David's Cookies as a bakery in Manhattan. And this was in the 70s. And I think they did like seven million dollars or something like that within the first couple of years of being in existence. And he sold his equity in it, I think, uh, for like 100 million bucks uh, around 2011. So when I read that story and saw his transition and, you know, saw how that business kind of, you know, built itself up, I was like, man, this is, this is somebody I admire. It's definitely a business model that I can look that at. Makes sense. And, yeah, that makes sense. And we can take something from and, you know, it just made sense from that point. And especially everything kind of fell together at the same point. 2020 was happening. We were thinking about starting a business. We had BJ's cookies in mind and I started looking at different things that made sense. And David's Cookies was one of them. I do also want to do a plug for Brian's community. So, you know, oftentimes people say you are a reflection of your circle. I like to think that we come from a really great circle. And Brian's circle in particularly, particular, he, he has a lot of very close friends who are entrepreneurs. Yes. Um, and so we've been able to sort of lean on different individuals in our personal lives who have sort of made something profitable from their own hands or their own brains or, or whatnot. So yeah, just found out there. Definitely. Shout just, out to our circle. Yeah, our circle down in South Tampa specifically. I mean, Michi's Peruvian inspired sandwiches, Dwell Home Market. Um, just uh, There's a handful of different businesses down there in South Tampa that my friends own and have a stake in and are doing really well and definitely inspired me to take the next steps. Food-based? Yeah, food based. Pappas is, uh, you know, Greek. You know, there's a bunch of different stores down there. Mike's Pies, definitely. So. Did you guys know, like, did you meet over your love of food, or is it just coincidence that you and a group of friends? <laughs> no, all of them. So really? The football wow. brought us together. You know, Mike's Pies was in existence when we all played together. I mean, Luke's dad, Mike, started Mike's Pies back in the 90s, and it was just a cafe. 
And, you know, he started selling pies door to door because they weren't doing as much business, you know, foot traffic through uh, direct to consumer at the cafe. So he started just going out and selling pies, which was, you know, main product. And from there, they built up Mike's Pies where now they, they're private labeled and do a lot of broad line distribution. And, you know, they're a great business that uh, does a lot through the southeast. And all of them I met through football specifically, though. I played football at uh, Plant High School down in South Tampa. And. Every single one of them were teammates that then went on to, you know, start their own businesses. Michi was a linebacker. That's his nickname. His real name is Josh Verone, and he's Peruvian. So he wanted to bring some of that cuisine to South Tampa where there weren't many Peruvian restaurants. He's had the food truck there for a while. Joe Pappas, another defensive lineman I played with. His family has had Pappas Greek around since the 1980s in Tampa and Tarpon Springs. So, yeah, there's a lot of roots, strong roots in Tampa when it comes to food business ownership and you know I guess those roots were kind of <laughs> established just, a long yeah. time without me even thinking about right. it. Right and then once we met I like to eat so Brian <laughs> would cook for me. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of roots and uh, kind of laying down new ones do you have any advice uh, you'd like to give to someone who's just kind of starting out trying to find their way? Well, I would say just know how to deal with a lot of uh, uh, no's <laughs> you know. A lot I would of- say trust your gut. Trust your gut. Definitely trust your gut. Trust um, your gut. Be adaptable. Yeah. Be malleable. Be flexible. I know. I always consider us underdogs in any situation that we go in. And so oftentimes I have to think about when there's a problem, be okay to be creative about it. Like there's sometimes, you know, there's a tried and truth path, but like there's a circular way to get to the same sort of situation as someone else in that lane. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's something I would think about. Like you really need to believe in yourself. Because mm-hmm. this is a business where other people have cookies. Yeah. But definitely. I believe that our cookie is the best. And mm-hmm. now it's to the point where, like, if I want a cookie, I want our cookies. Definitely. I'm not eating anyone else's cookies. And if I am, I'm comparing it to ours. So yeah. I firmly believe in our product. And if you are going to be an entrepreneur or a business owner, you need to firmly believe in the idea that you're putting forth in this world. Yeah, don't overcomplicate things. Like Keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. that KISS method, keep it simple, stupid. Like Andrea was saying, a lot of times people step into a business uh, setting and think, or a particular industry setting, whatever vertical it is, and people will think, oh, I don't have this knowledge here, so I can't trust my gut, whatever. A lot of times your gut is the best instinct. A lot of times whatever things you've learned somewhere else can apply mm-hmm. to this place. And, you know, just trust your instinct to go a certain place. Obviously, take advice, listen yes. to yes. mentors, whatever, but take that advice in and compare it with your own and, you know, move forward. All right. So what's next for you, Till? Yeah, the expansion. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we were talking on the way over here about how BJ's Cookies is our life raft at this point. I know mm-hmm. I used that term earlier, but basically it's... The thing that we're looking to use as a rising tide to lift all ships and float on into the future. You know, we're, we're expanding into different stores. We're getting new packaging. You know, it's day to day. You know, I think about things in terms of sports. There's another game, you know, 16 game season, at least in terms of football and basketball, 82 games. And right now the NBA playoffs are starting. They start tonight at 9 p.m. So seven games there. But game to game, you're going day to day, week to week. And every day we have another task we need to accomplish, another, you know, uh, call we need to make, another interview for press purposes. So there's always something going on. And we just think day to day. But long term aspirations wise, we want to grow. We want to expand and 
you know, building up an innovation center, building up a facility that people can come direct to consumer where we can yeah. ship our products out of, you know, so a lot of, a lot of things. Yeah. Thanks for listening to The Bite, a Union Kitchen Food Founders mini-series. If you liked today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to our show. We'll see you next time on Union Kitchen Food Founders.